Welcome to the Quack Toll Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, then. Oh. I'm your host, Adam Chimeo. And I'm Ellen Schroeder. That is right. And this is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web, Photosphere. And Aaron, things got a little scary to start off against Cal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a? Yes. Did they? Yes. But only barely, right? Yeah. Because that first play... I mean, here's what I did. Okay. Here's how I handled it. That first play happens, interception, and then in my head, I hear Hithleday go, this game has already been played. (laughs) And then cut to him saying, um... Uh, whatever he said last week about a play where he was like it was a fluke occurrence or it was a freak play or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something never to actually be concerned about because whatever. It, but I will say this. Yeah. I am. I love that it was raining because it made oh. it a lot more fun because it was it became a uh, you ever watch those bloopers VHS tapes? Uh huh. Oh, it became yeah. one of those tapes for the a while. I loved it. I definitely <laughs> tweeted from our uh, Twitter account at Quackful Podcast. I tweeted that that was a game that could have really used some yakety sacks in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh my so, god. I mean, obviously, it actually made me feel even better about yeah. this team because. In the end, we won 63 to 19. Yeah. There was a lot of first quarter mayhem, mainly to do with the rain, mainly to do with, like, you know, bad luck. Because Oregon had committed only two turnovers. Actually, I believe they were, they are numbered, they were, and are still kind of there, number one in the country with least turnovers, you know, committed with Mm -hmm. only two. And then in this game, we committed two turnovers. <laughs> we know which goes to show you both that it's like, well, that was a rant. That was some random shit there. Yeah. But also, we still only have four seasons in the turnover, which uh, uh, four turnovers in the season, which is still like tied for best in the country. I yeah. do believe so. Still not bad at all. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like at the beginning of the season. When we were making our predictions of how the how the year would go, mm-hmm. and I committed to the eleven and one, I said it was going to be like a zany loss 
And then because we had kind of gone through all the teams, we might have even said, like, it'll be one of those weird ones Mm -hmm. where it's not a so great team, like a cow. Mm -hmm. So I think what happened is we have crossed timelines to a timeline in which it's actually the Huskies, because because we all know how that worked out. Uh, and the rain showed up for this one to keep us on trajectory for the 11 and one. Because mm. if it was dry, you think Cal would have won? <laughs> I, if we, if it would have been, if we would have had the same screwy first bid, I think it would have been a bit more uh, sketch. Well, I, I, I <laughs> they're I don't not think, good. I don't we think we destroyed a them in the end. I don't think there's a universe in which this particular Cal team beats this Oregon mm-hmm. team on this day. Because uh, we had that. So it was the first pass, first play of the game was the Bo Nix interception yeah. to Tess Johnson, his brother. And it, it was, you know, maybe thrown a little off, but overall pretty good throw. Just hit his hands, bounced off, went straight to Cal. And then the other one was the, uh, the fumble for a touchdown. Yeah. Which again was, uh, you know, timing was off. It's not something that regularly occurs. And then they return that for a touchdown. And, but without the, well, the other funny thing, Wait, was, we had on. the blocked field goal. Yeah. Right? And then it was like, no, there's actually two penalties stacked on it. So now they get a first down and you're like, okay, well, I guess Cal's going to score. And then we pick it off. Right. Which was awesome. Yeah. And then we go down the field and it, but then we're like really backed up third and whatever, 26 or something. Cause all those penalties and you're like, okay, well it looks like we're boom scoring that. Like our offense and our defense are just too good for this to, to just be, to be bad on every single play. Like eventually yeah. they're going to rip off a positive play is what it feels like. Cal. Even, no, Oregon. Even yeah. when things stack up bad against Oregon, like in a row, like it could be three bad plays. That fourth play could still be just a, a game wrecker. You know, like this is a solid team that you can rely on right now. Doesn't mean we're going to win well, every single game, but yeah. To that, no, we are now forward. We're winning. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's 11 and one season. Okay. Um, uh, oh, was what? it questionable? How long he kept, how long we kept certain players in um, once we well, were shown that we were gonna win this and keep them shut down? Well, in that second half, I mean, because they Cal scores on their first drive, it's their only offensive touchdown of the game. On their first, that's drive, the thing I was gonna down. bring up earlier, yeah. too, was that like that touchdown that you spoke about. I feel I remember at yeah. a certain point the announcers being like. And that's the first one that the offense scored. And I was like, wait, what yeah. time is it? <laughs> yeah, that was in the second half. Yeah, um, dude. They they score on a 75-yard drive, six plays. So then at that point, it's 35 to 19. Mm-hmm. That's still a game. Is like, it? That's, that's a two-score game. With against, Cal, though? I mean, yeah. Uh, against the competition, who knows? But... If if God was just like, yep, screw the Ducks, and that first quarter happened again in the third quarter, uh-huh. where we just have, like, inexplicable things that haven't happened all season, all of a sudden they're happening all in the same game. I mean, I think it That's was... That's what it would have taken. That's what it would have taken, but, yeah. 
the cam as we know the camera adds about a million drops <laughs> but it seemed like it was kind of pouring in the first it was rain it was pretty bad i mean it, it was raining so pretty hard i mean that's obviously the i feel like it was the rain that literally caused this game i would say so or that uh, first yeah. half which yeah. is so rain and luck but which yeah. because yeah once the second half rolled around knock knock who's there i'm bored <laughs> it was important dude i did fall asleep i'm not oh, going to lie for about one minute it was in the second half uh -huh. i actually i unfortunately fell asleep right when it was a good big play for us uh-huh um uh where we got the where we forced the fumble and then recovered it but it was also really sad because that was the play where they had the injury a very very serious injury what yeah i saw so watching the replay <clears throat> you see the situation Thomas, yeah but have they released what in the world has happened what that i, I was? mean also is it was uh, so you know evan williams gets the big hit against him the same yeah she was a clean hit um and he just gets laid out you know yeah i mean it looked routine until you see him landing i, I mean guess. he was pretty immobile like just yeah like it's like flat on the ground evan williams i mean to his credit then collects that fumble which is pretty cool and yeah. that was like after cal was driving they were getting they were deep in our red zone and then he forces that so that's a sweet play that being said but um then thomas that you know they got to bring the card out it looks very serious from what I understand, they took him to Sacred Heart in Eugene. Yeah. And um, apparently he can move his, you know, legs Extremities. and arms. That's the So that's the first big thing. So that's good. And he, I believe he has like returned home. So that's, an, it's not like he's still at this hospital. That would be very bad. So like the worst of the worst hasn't happened. So that's Was good. it that's like a brain bang? Like I, I have no idea. I mean, I could make up shit and be like, yes, it seems so like they a, haven't said a level what two brain bang. I have so they no have idea. You know what I mean? They have. So they just haven't released what actually happened. Uh, they, they haven't been specific. I also haven't looked it up. I've been, you know, once I saw that he wasn't like severely, severely injured, I honestly just didn't look it up. Yeah. But um, it yeah. seemed to me like nothing was broken. I was like, oh, maybe he's. I mean, we're watching this was, TV. This, what the fuck? Yeah. Do we know? Um, yeah, this is the Aaron, concussion that there's sends basketball. Them off. There's basketball we need to Is talk that about. all we're going to talk about that game? No. Do you think do you think we're going to have Hithla Day on in about 15 20 minutes and Hithla Day will have nothing to say about this game? Do you think that is the slightest <laughs> I mean, possibility? He might, he might honestly, okay, I think see. it's a game that he might write off as like, you know, it was freak occurrences in the beginning oh. and then the obvious happened in the half. That second half, that's all I have to say. He could maybe say that. Be, you mean being brief and not thorough? That that sounds like something Hithla Day would do. <laughs> um, let's get into this next segment, though, because we do have the beginning okay. of Quaxiball, which means we got to play it. Quaxiball. 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 That is right. Quaxiball. Uh. Back in the house. Um, and, you know, there's literally been one game for both the men's team and the women's team. Okay. A lot of turnover on the women's roster, yep. which is per usual. Men's roster, 
actually a good amount of returning talent, which should get you excited, and a lot of really good young faces, like really highly regarded. Oh, okay. However, in true Oregon Ducks men's basketball fashion, there's been a rash of, you know, hopefully not too serious, but at least somewhat in the short term, serious injuries to starters before week one even starts because that's just the curse of yeah in oregon men's basketball (laughs) yeah uh unfortunate but actually some good news too um so i want to get into first the women's basketball side of it i thought you would find this interesting and especially the timing uh uh so Kelly Graves talked with, I believe, well, he talked to the press. James uh, Krepieff of Oregon Live reported this, is where I read it. Um, kind of going at this season with a different philosophy. Now, they really are going to be more going for the defensive side of the ball. Like, this is men's. No, this is women's. Oh, Kelly okay. Graves. Yeah. Okay, um, thank you. So, because it, it's it's pretty strange. Like, some has the, he come out with some quotes? He's got yeah, some words got right here. Um, I believe that right now we have a good first unit and a couple of subs. We've got to somehow work on developing those players that might be in that eight to ten spot. Everyone is capable in short spurts. It's a fine line. You've got to get some of those kids to help develop. So he's just saying, like, we need to be scrappier. He says, um. I think as much as you talk about the past, we have to worry about the present right now. And we don't have uh, the same players that we did on past teams. Sorry, this is not Kelly Graves. This is actually our player, um, Scott, who's a new addition to the team who I'll get into in a second. I was a fan from afar for those years. I think bringing in my experience in my four years at a different university and the success that I saw there, uh, what I was capable to do, uh, but also listening to our teammates and what they liked in last year and what they felt they needed to improve upon to make strides. He also says, "I uh, this is from Kelly Graves, yeah. I think we understand, but then I think it really means we have to hone in on the defensive end. Sorry, sorry to be confusing. This is actually Grace Van Sluten. So saying they really need to hone in on the defensive end. If uh-huh. we're only scoring 60 to 70 points, yeah. obviously we have to keep our opponents lower than that. I think that's what our where our mentality is at. Buy in on the defensive end, fly around, get loose balls. Um, and then I believe I have one more here. This is Chance Gray. Chance Gray is returning. She was a really promising freshman last season. She's basically, I would say, the most talented, certainly guard. Yeah. That has stuck around. Yeah. A lot is going to be put on her shoulder. She did look good uh, against Northern Arizona. Um, we can do the exact same thing that we uh, did, but we have to do it in a little better style. I like playing defense. We can embrace it, and I think it's a good way to go. We may not have all the talent in the world, be the quickest and the fastest, but I know we have a lot of heart, so that's going to carry us a long way at the end of the day. I think as we come together, we'll be able to score like we did last year, maybe in the 80s, 70s. As far as we're concerned, defense is going to win us our games. And offense will take care of itself. So it's very clear. And like there, there's a you know a few more quotes where they really harp on the like, we are a less talented team. 
And I kind of like the like fully looking in your, yourself in the mirror aspect of it. Because uh -huh. you had to change something. So here is my, here is what so I'm wait, but for. no quotes from Graves. I mean, I, I said like one early in the beginning. Uh, oh, okay. It, it, but this is clear. He is telling them. He is telling everybody. Setting the table. Being like, we're a less talented squad. We are going for a this defense is... first strategy, which is gosh dang. Here's possible. Here's here's <sighs> hold on, hold on, shut up. Uh, so, because it's like if you have less talent, which this team obviously does, doubling down on the defensive end does make sense because that is the mm -hmm. equalizer. If you're all sure. playing as a team and playing solid defense then it is you know you can erase a lot of the other thing and then like uh you know consistent offense that is the thing you do have to actually pair it with so wait work so here are my goals for this year okay. with this new news okay this is what i would need in my opinion to call it success for kelly grace oh shit okay a I need team buy-in to this philosophy. Sure. So I need them to really. Look well, it like, sounds like they've all bought it. They've said, yeah. The I leaders, mean, the three leaders have bought it. Yeah. Because apparently there's this new kid who's going to be a total well, leader. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing is that is uh, Peyton Scott, who we were just talking about, mm -hmm. who is a transfer, came in here looking to really add to the defensive end. She's a guard. Mm -hmm. uh, she played for Miami of Ohio. Was you know played four seasons there is is a very solid player is was gonna be someone we really built was on. gonna be well she got about I think six minutes into the first quarter and got injured don't we do not know how serious it is but oh. the the few little quotes and something we were get it does have I my guess because we don't know is it seems like it's something where it'll be like at least like. A month we're talking like i don't know and she's had injuries in the past i believe so we're thinking um, 12 to 16 games <laughs> who knows who knows man uh like i we're just speculating but so that's a blow already yeah um we're going against northern arizona so there wasn't much to win from this per se they are you know we are heavily favored we want we beat them 81 to 48 okay you know, it's it's it's, it's game one so i don't know what to really say there was times where we were held down offensively where it kind of looked like last year a little bit uh we didn't shoot the three very well six of 21 however <laughs> chance gray did hit three three pointers like okay. the idea of this squad is like okay we are no longer the unesco teams of like Let's you know. Let's. And let's. I don't want to be the. Yeah, you know. I hate harping yeah. on the past. Who gives a shit? Here's my question, though. Yeah. Six of twenty-one. That's not terrible, what, actually. What is the average amount of three-pointers shot in a woman's college basketball game? I mean, because it seems like we're trying for a lot of them. And if we're going defense is the game and we just need to be getting points as we can, doesn't it make more sense to just 
maybe only allow like a band eight, into three almost. Like yeah. literally, you get you get four three point ch- uh, chances uh, a half, and if you make the very f- if so, you're gonna get like, way more. Well, okay. I'm gonna get really detailed on. We how don't have ahead. much time, so whatever you're saying, please say it quick. It's all. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you make your first three pointer then you still get to have four misses. You know what I mean? So once you miss one, now you get, now it counts down. And then that's how three points should work. I don't think we should, we should kind of abandon that three game a little bit more because we don't have. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to be focusing on defense, then maybe let's just focus on the layup. (laughs) You know, I I mean, that is the assisted layup. Let's just get, if we're going rudimentary, then let's go hella rudimentary. I get you. I mean, what we've been saying, what I've been most like disappointed with Kelly Graves over the years is that it seemed like I've only got this one style that I can coach, which is just have better offensive players. I have score. to have a yeah. plus top tier talent. Otherwise, what am yeah. I doing? It's like exactly. And, and, also- and then that talent running off every year. So you can't build off of it. Like, right. That was what we didn't like about him. So on one side, it is like, okay, it seems like he's going to approach it differently this season because of his, to match his personnel. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to win more games or anything like that. The thing, you know, the only part of it that kind of, I have a tough time accepting inside of it as well Mm -hmm is that it just sounds a bit like he's being dismissive. Like he's not trying to cultivate the talent and help it grow. He's just going, well, y'all are only this good. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. He so is, uh, good luck. He is naked. I'll be sitting. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's like, Hey dude, maybe try a different philosophy at how to reach these kids that, they could unlock a newer level of potential. Well, I think in theory, the plan is... I would love to be is. in a locker room. He's he trying is. He's trying to be like, yes, here is the new theory. Here's the thing that's going to unlock us as a team. Okay. Solid team defense. So once they get the defense thing down, maybe yeah. the hype train shows back up again. Yeah. I mean, but right win- now we just... Okay. Wins gets the hype train. And... It's very right. clear. I believe they went to a trip to like Greece. I want to say they they definitely did some like global, you know, team trips. Uh, there's been a lot of like social media stuff in the off season of them like trying to get team chemistry very clearly. Okay, but great. That has what's been like really hurting us. Yeah, is the lack of team chemistry, honestly. Okay. Um, and, and just cohesive facts. Yeah. General. Yeah, I mean, they spoke about it like when you're not when you don't get to be uh, with each other unless you're on the court practicing, Mm -hmm. it kind of fucks with the way you communicate. Yeah. And they mentioned that. That's a real that's a real. And we do have some, you know, we do have solid talent in our starting units um, and we do have like some advantages in like height, like with Filipina Che, uh, Grace Van Sluten, still a great player. Chance Gray is is a good shooter and and you want her shooting three-pointers she was three of eight which is not if you're shooting 50 percent, that's not bad that's not bad at all uh no one else hit a three-pointer like sophia bell it would have been nice if she hit one of her six attempts but like you know you got to cut her off 
<laughs> I have so many rules about how to handle three pointers. This is, I mean, I, I clear. It's clear what you're saying is we need to do like just ground and pound, just be like the kind of just a yeah. uh, Baylor style almost. Well, I don't. I I'm don't think we have that that talent. Like, I don't think Filipina Che is the consistent finisher that like a Ruthie Hebert was. I think is the. Why can't we just teach him to do Larry Bird shit where it's like. <laughs> crazy blind passing we just need to teach them crazy Imagine blind passing. at some point you had a gym coach or something <laughs> that saw you aaron was probably like maybe that guy's good at basketball yeah imagine going up to that <laughs> gym coach uh-huh. who's, who's working with a young aaron and you go talk to him and you say Hey, why don't you make this guy like Larry Bird? What is wrong with you? Make this guy like Larry Bird already. That's the let's, problem. Now let's say That's now let's say problem. now let's say I'm that coach. Okay. I'm gonna go. You're an idiot. Okay, let's do it. Okay, and then you're gonna and then I mold flat, this kid. And then I mold this kid. Get close to getting you to like Larry Bird. <laughs> you go buy a 1960s late era F-150. And then you do like a country hick, uh, Rocky montage. Oh, the montage. Well, maybe we you did just the need a good Aussie. montage. We had montages <laughs> of them having a good time, like you know, yeah. So maybe that's maybe we're there. We're doing it. We I'm won talking this about game. a montage. We won this game, which is all that really matters. That's right. And we won it by a lot. If this if this was like a twenty point game. I would just be like, yeah, this we're in a lot of trouble. It's 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 the first game, so who cares, you know, in a long season. But we didn't. We did well. 81 to 48 led Adam the whole time. Did well. Yeah. Final question, and then I'll let you take us wherever we need to go. Mm -hmm. Remind me again, how many minutes are there in a game? Total uh 40 minutes, my man. Total in a game? That's right. So they made two points per minute. I don't want to do this math. You do what you want to do. <laughs> if we made 81 points and the game is 40 minutes long, that's mm -hmm. two points per minute. I'm just saying the point per minute philosophy will set you free. We're doubling <laughs> it already. Well, there you go. Um, so up next, for the, it's they don't have the toughest <laughs> schedule. They really don't. Uh, not like usual. So they have... A schedule where hopefully they can kind of grow into it. They started off against Northern Arizona. Up next is Arkansas Pine Bluff. Okay. Then Grand Canyon. Then Santa Clara. And we'll take it from there. But even then, Nevada, Portland. Big game against Baylor. That's December 3rd. So we got a while till that. But yeah, I mean... It is a thin, ro well, thin on talent roster, a lot of newcomers. There is a core of of returning uh, uh, talent there. So, I don't know. I, I want to judge it just by, can they get this defense first philosophy actually together? Does it look like the team is having a good time? Because if they're not, then we just have the same problem we did last season where they're just going to be looking to bounce to a better team. Mm -hmm. that maybe not even a better team. Maybe just a more fun team because it's not that's fun to what play I was, on this team. Well, and that's then the kind other of what thing, I was talking about was rubbing me the weird way. Well, the other thing, I, the other thing I'm just looking for is like, 
can they stay healthy? That those three no. things are the only thing I'm really looking for. And it, it just do they have chemistry? Are they having fun? And are they actually instilling this philosophy? I'm not even looking for like wins necessarily. Wow. Just, I'm not having Braves such a high has got bar. you yeah. in the same mindset as the team. You guys, it's not about we literally it doesn't even matter if we win anymore. We just need to like at least look competent. Well, I mean <laughs> I mean, my god. We'll see. See, we'll that's see what that's what rubs me the wrong way. Is it instills a level of defeatism that as a uh you know, I just can't I can't I From Kelly Graves' perspective, I think he's saying not that, like, well, we've already lost. We don't have the talent. I think he's sure. saying, like, we can't just pass it to the one person and right. they're going to be yeah. so dominant that that's all we got to do. We literally have to be a fucking team. We have to. Yeah, you have to reinstill. And, and play team defense. Like, that's a legit way to be a title contender. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if he can instill that. Um, and not only that, I, I guess the other thing I'm really looking for is how many people that would have been starters are on this team next year. Like if, if a, someone who's, who would be earning starting, starting minutes next year instead mm-hmm. decides to transfer, then that's a big old L for me. Well, one of those earliest quotes that you said sounded like it's going to be a lot of rotation possible we'll maybe see. starting doesn't become the end thing it's just about having minutes and everybody's getting minutes maybe we'll see well again like if 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 someone who is clearly a, a worse basketball player is getting as many minutes as a better basketball player and then the better basketball player transfers that's a big old l for me is all it's going to come down sure to. now maybe. let's put a men's team okay we yeah do not sorry have much time we so, do have a lot to get through Oregon. Took on Georgia. Georgia, not a wonderful, not a great basketball team, but they are, you know, from an actual power conference. Mm-hmm. So this is a good measuring stick. Uh, the Ducks, as they said at the top, are an injured squad. Um, uh, so we we always got Infali Dante, who is fantastic, very consistent scorer, is trying to add to his game, has obviously battled injuries his entire career but other than the injuries has been very good he still is having some knee problems but he played started in this whole game uh you know they were conservative with his minutes still they they clearly don't want to play him too much but he is also a starter and very important to this team and his size 611 is Something we we do have replacements for him, but that's, yeah. that's hard to take off the Man, court. it's... <sighs> Never mind, keep going. We don't have any um, time. So injury-wise, <laughs> yeah, I really... Uh, injury-wise, the ones that really fly off the, off the page here. Couple of players, Mookie Cook from Portland, Oregon. He's a freshman, five-star, played LeBron in that uh, whatever disney plus bullshit lebron movie thing i don't know <laughs> young lebron um but he is injured and is injured till like deep december because he had he did have to have off-season surgery on his ankle God. but they were saying maybe uh early december which is actually 
that wouldn't be that bad. Um, Kwame Evans is a freshman. He's not injured. He's very talented. Uh, nice to see him. But Jackson Shellstad um, from Westland, Oregon, from where Peyton mm. Pritchard from. Um, also very, you know, five, four star, depending on where you look. Mm-hmm. He is injured. That one was a little more like a week or so before the first game. And uh. very clearly not as serious as Mookie's. Okay. And it's it, who know like they they said that they just because he's a freshman because he's very you know talented they want to be very cautious about him and Dana Altman was just saying like we're gonna wait like at least a couple of weeks maybe more we are not going to rush it sure that's kind of where they're at with him and then Jermaine Kuznard another starter he had he was kind of in concussion protocol before the season due to practice but he played this whole game too so two injuries to our two most promising freshmen some would say uh two guards that is concerning but overall in this game we did win we did look like the better team um there were times where you know we had a big like a 25 to 10 lead like right off the bat Mm -hmm. and Oregon looked much better georgia rallied had two big rallies back like at the end of the first half they really like put on like an uh i think more than an 11-0 run or something like that and got close but then oregon was able to pull away and in the second half they did make it uh they were because we were terrible shooting from the charity stripe like from free throw shooting we shot like under 50 percent and it made it very great no, not good. But <laughs> made it so Georgia was able to rally back, obviously. But we did win this game. Um, we were able to close it in the end. There are some highlights, including from six foot three Brennan Rigsby, who played a lot last season, showed some good flashes. Um, in this, he looked awesome. He like he uh was able to hit the three. Not only that, but he, like, took it to the hoop. Really showed his hops ability. Like, he dunked. He had a, like, monster dunk. Probably the highlight of the game. Mm-hmm. And maybe made a case for being a starter. Because okay. uh, who did start, I believe, is Jester Zula, who's from Houston, Texas. First hey, now. He played for Central Michigan. Didn't do great there. And in this game... Uh, wasn't fantastic okay um i would love love to see more brennan rigsby because he looked like when he was on the court we weren't always the best but he specifically played very well and it was just nice to see also nate biddle another seven footer from central yeah he had a really good game like honestly i'm pretty excited for this team Uh, uh. really really hoping that the um, injuries don't hold us back too much. And that when those two players are brought back, that they're able to stay healthy, actually stay on the team. Because if that were to happen, then the schedule lines up pretty well. Because next we play Montana and Eugene, then Tennessee State and Eugene, then Florida A&M, in Tallahassee, none of those, like we should, even with those injuries, 
be heavily favored. We should win all those games. Then uh, we got the Emerald Coast Classic in which we can play maybe Santa Clara, maybe Alabama or Ohio State. Those are obviously tougher matchups. Uh, beginning of December, we have Michigan. Could be tough. Uh, UTEP, California Baptist. So it's like not murderer's row. And even we could be a good enough team even without those guys because we have some, you know, uh, uh, veterans. We could be good enough to to beat these teams. I don't know. If we're undefeated by like early December and then those players come back, uh, I'll, I'll be pretty excited about this team. I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic right now. There you go. That's the, the injuries are cautiously rough. optimistic. Yeah. The injuries are obviously rough when you're like, wow, we got these new players. Boom. They're done. But yeah. You know, I don't think anyone would disagree whenever I say we probably need to be investing in uh, more robotics for <laughs> like limb replacement placement when it comes to our basketball players. Oh, hell yeah, baby. So that way they got like robot legs and stuff. It helped. Thought. Just saying it helped. It helped. Also, hitting fucking free throws would help. <laughs> 14 of 29, yeah. Aaron. 14 of 29. You know, uh, I, I, I don't feel as strongly about that, I guess, because those are, it's in the name. They're free. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you should be good enough at the game that you don't need them to win. Well, in this game, but, ended up being 82 to 71, it is the thing where it's like, well, a lot of those would have definitely made it more yeah, comfortable, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it was a good, it was a good win. Uh, it, Oregon was clearly the better team. Mm -hmm. I think you want women's basketball to be shooting more like men's um, because they went, they didn't do great shooting wise, but they were 42% from the floor, which I think is about what the women's were. Yeah. And they were, but they were 40% from three, which is actually pretty solid. Six of 15. They only took 15 three, three attempts. That still seems so high to me. I'm 15 is not a lot. 15 is low, actually. Yeah, it must be. Like Georgia, on the other hand, took 30. Georgia. Georgia took 30? 30, yes. And they were also not a good shooter. I mean, they were down. And then at a certain point, you just got to start shooting the three if you got any chance. Yeah. Oregon was up, and, and we had the clear talent, like height mm -hmm. advantage, which if Nate Biddle and um, and Folly Dante can stay healthy, and Kwame Evans, who's 6'9", uh, he's, he's a very talented freshman who is healthy. Those are three really talented bigs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other teams aren't going to be able to match up with them very well. And that may, may be enough for us to get a little winning streak going on. Like, I'm not even saying we have to be undefeated in early December. But um, I, I just hope we look competitive in every game. And that we're, we got, we look pretty well yeah. built by the time the two talented guys join us. You know, basketball is a lot like baseball, I feel like, when it hmm. comes to um, just general fandom throughout the year. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's so when you get games. on a streak of winning, then people start to get hyped up. But otherwise, it's just like, I just hope we don't look stupid out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Whereas with football, everybody is just straight into. <gasps> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well, you only got 12 games in the regular season. True. That's true. Um, right. It's more of a yeah, it's long distance in basketball even. Yeah, I mean there there's a lot of games and mm-hmm. it's it's like even then it's like who cares what you look like if you start winning everything in April and March, then it doesn't matter what you right. for. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, that's why the injuries don't scare me too much. They're clearly right. just being we have very so cautious. much time. Yeah. And it's almost almost better that it's happening to like the talented freshmen uh-huh. as opposed to the veteran players, them getting injured. Cause then you're just throwing out young people out there that don't have the chemistry right. and telling them to win. Well, it also, I mean, as soon as you say that, it makes sense to me that it's the the younger players because they're the ones who just aren't as bulked up yet. They haven't been, yeah. you know, they, they don't have court hours like those vets do where they're yeah. like stronger. That being said, one vet, uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew, who played on the squad last year, transferred from yeah. Colorado. I'm going to need him to do a little better as a, as a you know, uh, old hand there because he scored eight points on two of 10 shooting from the floor he at least was one of two from three but still like gonna need him to be more of a consistent kind of threat there but brennan wow shots fired yeah well well shots fired and missed on his part (laughs) um but otherwise I'm, i'm feeling pretty you know pretty good about the argument i like this team a lot you could see in theory how it would work out and how it could maybe mm-hmm. work out very well, but it'll just all come down. Okay. To so you think maybe the Altman agenda is getting implemented uh, well? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, that's the thing, it's right? It's so early to tell. Better. Who knows? There's two last, the last two seasons we've had to go to the goddamn NIT. Yeah, we can't be doing that anymore. We can't, we can't be doing that anymore. It's, or if we get re- if we if we get at, if that's where we end up going, we should just not go. It's not Some a good teams look. Don't. Some teams don't. It's not a good look. I would say it's a worse look to decline it because you're really? like, I, I personally would because it's like, even if yeah, it sucks, you know. And even if some of your best players are like, I'm not going to play because I want to try to go to the NBA. Right. Or I'm transferring out of here. Mm-hmm. It still benefits you for the other people on your roster. It's more practice. It doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? But it's more practice at the end of something yeah. when they're about to go into hibernation for a long time anyway. So one extra week. Yeah. Well, it could be. it could be like... You could go on a run, and if you were to win the NIT, that actually is something, or even go really late into it. Is there that's a cash prize? You can build off of. Uh, I'm sure, like the school gets some money, like the players um, aren't getting more money or anything. Oh uh, no, I would need a cash prize for my yeah. players if I was going to put them through. I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Aaron, yo, that's been quacks a ball. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll have Hithle Day on the on the horn. And uh, Shit, yeah, we'll talk some Pac-12 football, baby. I have one question. It might be conspiratorial because I don't know what exactly it was that I saw. Hope it wasn't a ghost. We'll see y'all in a little bit. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but the time machine is broken. 
I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection. So not gonna lie. I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing. No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste and demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make, dude. We can review every duck season as it happens. Even the children here are freaky. Then post it on the Quack 12 Patreon in the future. I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events. Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time-traveling stoner hosts. We live in the most expensive house in Eugene, and it's a fucking shack. And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future, and when we get it in the past, we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively. And I'm talking robber baron status, baby. Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television. All listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com slash quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment. But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it. That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for. And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine. And we are back on quack. Quack, quack. Aaron, what a wonderful commercial. Two uh, wonderful commercial actors in there, too. I think probably the best in the biz. In the Quack 12 biz, sure. Sure. Aaron, Yo. let's bring on a very special guest. Let's get into it. Film reviewer and managing editor over at Addicted to Quack, Day. How is it going, Day? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, we were saying, Aaron and I, about this Oregon Cal game. The first quarter had so much craziness to yeah, it. Sure. Uh, that in the end, like, you know, the the halftime score, the final score, the overall domination of the game. Uh, it makes you feel even better about the Ducks being like, look, all this crazy shit had to happen. And still, it just didn't even matter. Like, all of it, like, yes, it sucks that all that stuff happened back after back after back. But then, whether it was offense or defense, the Ducks eventually responded to it in either getting a turnover, making a big play, huge touchdown. Like, it's it's just a very consistent team on both sides of the field. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it made you feel good about this squad right now what, what do you think of that oh yeah i, I mean i i endorse that totally uh all yes and you like the um the the 
there were a number of forms of adversity uh that Oregon faced uh you know the 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 weather conditions is sort of the obvious stuff you know i think everybody sort of you know saw how both on individual very obvious plays where the wet ball affected things mm-hmm. um and then uh just sort of some play calling stuff you could see where well eh, we can't really do that uh let, you know we got to do this instead and then that's sort of like constraint you know because cal knows that you got to do that and so you know, uh, and that sort of affects things um i think everybody sort of is aware of that and then there's sort of also some general like execution level sloppiness you know like uh all that you know there was like one more missed block than you know than than would have been expected given the fundamental strengths of both of these teams there's like one more you know dropped pass there's like one more uh 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 you know, but poor decision by, by Knicks, you know, like, uh, there's, you know, what, you know, each of the, I, I counted prior to garbage time, there were 20 failed plays, you know, a, a, there were 40 successful plays. It was a very, you know, very high success rate, but like of those 20 plays, a certain percentage was due to the weather conditions. A couple of them were Cal just making a, you know, a couple of good plays, you know, but then of the rest of them, like each of them sort of, you know, fell into the normal categories it's you know there's no like one thing that was you know hey we need to talk about this you know no there's nothing like that it's a normal distribution but it's like one play more than expected you know in in terms of like little execution you know issues and so it's like hey man it's not like they played a perfect game and execution or i mean perfection's not even the standard i shouldn't have said that i mean it they didn't even play at their target level you know Mm -hmm. they they played like a little below you know where their sort of expected target level was in terms of expected like level of of execution you know focus Uh, like they could have played better from an execution level um or i expected them to actually and then on top of that there's also I thought I, I detailed my article, you know, was published uh, about an hour and a half before we started recording this podcast uh, that uh, I detailed a couple of, you know, I guess it sort of feels like nitpicking, but I detailed a couple different places where I thought Oregon was making some curious strategic decisions, some of which they sort of altered as the game went on like they i thought they were playing a little too much man they should have switched to zone hey they eventually switched to zone um i thought that they were you know biting a little too hard on play action when it was like very obvious the way that cal's passing attack work required them to bite on play action and that their run game wasn't very a serious threat you know and they you know they they really kind of did that throughout the game in fact like cal went on that you know that drive that eventually ended on that fumble on the goal mm-hmm. line the, the scary one in which their running back got hurt mm-hmm. um like they, i admitted to aaron i fell asleep for one minute of this game and it was during that play i woke up and i was like oh wait oh, we got boy. a turnover what's oh it was bad yeah. stuff is happening it was, it, yeah it was um it actually didn't it was weird because I, I mean i had to watch that although i actually considered that drive to be garbage time because oregon did mm-hmm. yeah. out of reach but like at that point um yeah. but like that drive is like Oregon sort of was making, in my opinion, some really bad strategic mistakes right up mm. until the, you know, the that goal line run in which they shut it down 
and unfortunately the running back got hurt. It's not like it was a dirty play, you know, or anything. Yeah. It was just an, an unfortunate thing that happened. But like, um, but like the you know, they never really corrected that. Like, you're biting on play action too hard. Didn't you watch the USC film? And there's a couple others that I, you know, I, I noted in the article. I also noted a bunch of other strategic stuff that they did that I thought was really like clever. There's an entire I didn't have to or anything, uh, but like I because it wasn't like really necessary to understanding why Oregon was hitting a bunch of big plays against Cal that you could understand just by watching the athletes, um, mm -hmm. which like from the first two clip compilations, my video in my article, but the third clip compilation in my article was like, Hey, look at a couple of these play sequences um, where they're manipulating the defense um, that are, I thought were like really interesting strategic moves um, that didn't wind up having like huge impacts on the game. I just thought that they were very like clever and interesting and in, indicate that like hey there's some strategic consciousness on this team um which is like i don't know i think just interesting um and, and good for the, the 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 reader to be able to observe and like it wasn't stuff that i was like immediately like for example they were using multiple tackle over formations and used them in different ways to manipulate the defense and were successful at manipulating the defense using those taco formations um uh to get to get them into different looks like which was like cool um and uh and, and like so yeah I, I don't want to just be dumping on the ducks for like strategic dumminess because they were also doing lots of strategic awesomeness um but <laughs> like i i guess what I'm, you know, I'm trying to say because i said i would yes and you like uh is that like it's not like Oregon was playing at a hundred percent or 110%. Like they didn't blow out Cal because they were playing out of their minds, like right. at a hundred percent or 120%. They weren't redlining it, man. They weren't going all out. Like this was above and beyond, you know, they were playing maybe like 80% of what they can do. <laughs> And then uh, take back another notch because of the weather and then take back another notch because please don't make me talk about the penalty well, situation. Please don't make me talk about the penalty situation. We all saw it, you know, for most of the game, for most of the game, Oregon had more penalty yardage than Cal had rushing yardage. Like, please Wait. don't make me talk about it. I just let us simply observe there was a large discrepancy between the amount of penalty yards that Oregon had uh, docked against them and the amount that Cal had docked against them. That was another form of adversity that Oregon overcame en route to a blowout in which their third stringers, freshmen, and walk-on offensive linemen scored two touchdowns against Cal's defense. So that's what I'm saying is Oregon operating nowhere close to 100%, much less, you know, redlining it. Uh you know, blew out Cal. Cal paid well, off. What would happen if they played a complete game? I mean, how many points can you score <laughs> at a certain point? Like, yeah. It's kind of like talking about the USC defense. It's mm -hmm. like, there, there's just how many, how much of an ass can, can you kick a defense in the <laughs> ass? Um, we doubled our season total of turnovers. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this greatly concerns you. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're both, you know, real, real free. You know, what's funny is they're both Tez Johnson. They're yeah, free, they're free the plays. And they're Johnson both, yeah, exactly. The first redemption game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, the, the first one like bounces off his hands and the second mm -hmm. one, and they're both sort of because of wet conditions. The first one, obviously. So the second one, if you watch it closely, it's he goes in motion. 
Yeah. And as he's going in motion, he slips a bit on the on the wet turf. And Mm. that's what causes him to be a little bit late and causes him to be right in the way when the ball gets snapped. And that's what causes it to hit his legs instead of him, you know, clearing it. And then and then the ball like freely gets to Nick's. And so like both of them, you know, they they hit Johnson and then Cal gets the ball. And so it's like, but it's like, lest anyone think Tez Johnson is a bum who just does nothing but cause turnovers. He then yeah. plays the game of his life, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, literally like, career game. In case anyone yeah. needed some convincing that, like, that those were freak turnovers or or anything, you know. You were at the game. Was it? Oh um, wow! Yeah. Was it? I met up with the right for Cal guys. It was nice. Nice. That's very wonderful. Uh, did you have like yeah, all of us publishers know each other? Where it's a secret <laughs> cabal to to keep the hoi polloi, you know, under control. Yeah. We know we're all in your thumb. Uh, was it like like four straight quarters of hardcore rain? No. Like sometimes it's kind of hard to tell on the TV. No, it was um the 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 hardest it was was at the beat. First of all, it never rains in Autzen Stadium, so this There's was that. some sort of like it was it was Avi you know crying the entire time over the conference mm. breaking up. It was just like the flood <laughs> of Avinash's tears uh was just overwhelming. It was Alex um, Grinch flying above sure. the stadium, maybe who knows? Um prior to the because Oregon played before USCD, but okay uh the um uh uh uh, but anyway yeah it was mostly in the first quarter and then it's it died down a bit at the towards the end of the first quarter but then it came back again at the uh, the beginning of the second quarter and then it died down again by like midway through the second quarter and then all of the second half it was it, I was basically nothing. It was like a, a couple of, I mean, basically nothing like, mm-hmm. like essentially zero weather conditions. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to say about this. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's hard not to compare like opponents, you know, uh, with other teams that we're hopefully going to face in the future, like Washington and definitely USC coming up. I mean, USC, it, it's an interesting game where it's clearly like, well, we know the problems with USC. Yeah. Like their defense is absolute garbage. Mm. Their offense is actually kind of a secret mess, even though they put up a lot of points, yeah. a lot of yards. Um, but the, and the way you lose by them is yeah, Caleb Williams can do some crazy ass shit and mm. score a little more than you did. Their uh, their yeah. offense, if their offense as designed, mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing in mm-hmm. order to constrain their, if you don't know how to react to their RPO, which is it was funny when Stanford played them in week two, mm-hmm. it was weird because. Stanford was actually doing a fairly decent it was like the op it was like opposite day they were actually doing a pretty good job of dealing with Caleb Williams improvisation except for one play when they didn't so sorry um and also was doing a pretty good job of containing their standard rush stuff like they're just you know normal non-rpo runs and also him passing from the pocket like against their wide receivers because like secretly their wide receivers are not that good um <laughs> or not like usc good they're like yeah. pac-12 good which is which pac-12 has good wide receivers they're just not like 
They're not, they're not like, like mistake eraser level. Yeah, exactly. Receiver. They're yeah. not like George Farmer and all those, other, you know, Marquise Lee, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, 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 yeah, they're not mistake eraser. That's a good way of putting, it. I should just steal that term. Thanks, Adam. Hey, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, Stanford, you know, defensive coordinators, I hang their head in shame because they could not crack lincoln riley's rpo like at all like every time they did the lincoln riley power rpo they were just like completely buffaloed by it and uh so yeah and so therefore you know usc made it a laugher because riley just ran the play like a hundred times um (laughs) or as many times as was necessary to score like four touchdowns and five drives and then zion uh uh, or uh, zachariah branch uh got a a a kick return touchdown so or punt Mm -hmm. return touchdown so it was like you know became a laugher um but like yeah sorry that that was my sorry for the interruption but like yeah that there i agree with you that their offense is sort of secretly also a hot mess Mm -hmm. um but that is the caveat their designed offense if you don't know what you're doing a la stanford will rip you to pieces um on the other hand, like, for example, if you watch the Notre Dame game, mm-hmm. they're, they're in addition to Caleb Williams simply having a bad day, which, hey, any quarterback can do, you know, like you shouldn't hang that against him. You know, any quarterback. I mean, Justin Herbert has a bad game. Marcus Mariota had a bad game. You know, everybody mm-hmm. does like it's, you know, whatever. It's just USC is just not in a position given all the other sort of flaws of that program that they they can't afford for their quarterback to have a bad game because they can't rely on anything else um but anyway like um the the other thing that notre dame did really really well is that they had the art they they were the opposite of stanford they had uh the lincoln riley power rpo game cracked like and I'll, i'll have clips of my preview article on friday demonstrating that that like they were not they, they had it cracked and so usc couldn't go to that and so therefore it had to be caleb williams making up stuff and then when caleb williams had to try to make up stuff he would throw interceptions yeah <laughs> i mean uh aaron do you have anything left for this oregon cal game did you have a just question? one oh, question man, i was off on a long tangent we were supposed to be talking about cal holy crap man sorry uh, well i brought up usc because i got bored did. Cal specifically so uh what's a green flag why what? do they th- why why do refs throw a green you flag? saw someone I throw a green flag a green in this flag game? yeah well, maybe the color in your the tint on your television needs adjustment. yeah is it possible you're uh brain? there's the only other thing that, that you might have seen there's two other things that refs throw mm-hmm. one is uh, a bean bag uh which is black um the that oh. indicates that the ball is out um like a like a fumble or something like that um and it to, is to mark where the ball went out at uh and the other okay, thing that they, they throw is their hat and no. the hat is what indicates that a receiver has stepped out of bounds and is not eligible, uh, at least until they reestablish themselves in bounds to touch the ball. Okay, yeah, it was weird on the play where I it was it was like a forced fumble, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was uh, whoever our big boy is that scooped it up. Yeah. Maybe he also forced it and then went into the end zone, yeah. but then they're like, no, it's back there. Yeah. yeah. You you probably saw the beanbag. Okay, or because, yeah, during that play, the guy, but it was the ref in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. basically right after the fumble had gotten recovered, he just threw it right out of his belt. 
and i'm like it could have maybe it could have been that the green screening you know the um do you think he threw him a dime bag is that possible (laughs) no i was just like what is a green flag i've just never seen and it's actually kind of imperceptible because it's it's the same color as the field and i'm like oh maybe it's getting chroma keyed or something yeah no i mean it's probably the yellow flag on on something they're they they also throw the yellow flag just to get attention um because it's bright yellow for stuff like timeout or you know something like that like it it does not necessarily mean a a penalty it's just a like hey everybody pay attention um but as to i mean i know the color yellow and this one was green (laughs) which is why i asked the question that's gotta be green on your tv or the broadcast on on aaron i wouldn't you know after years after six seven years of Uh doing this podcast with Uh you covering the Oregon ducks i would not be surprised if one day you were like (laughs) wait green is this color i thought this was yellow i would not be <laughs> no because we all know the yellow the everyone knows the yellow flag i thought we were yellow and green this it's, whole it's time. like more common than uh a play sometimes mm. yeah well there you go i mean there is more uh flags thrown than organ duck plays asked, in this game i asked not to talk about these issues. one thing uh I, I mean they cheat that's all we gotta say about the refs um yeah i mean i felt good about this game i'm i am kind of getting it's it's sad that it's because i'm in my head i'm like yeah okay oregon cal that game's done don't need to think about it anymore and then i kind of forget like it's in the wash of like oh yeah and that's maybe our last game against cal. Well, you know when i met up with avi he invited me to come down because the acc schedule dropped and uh, just before Ooh. the game and he invited me to come down to berkeley to watch the um the miami versus cal game next year because hey. it'll you know mario cristobal blowing in in the bay area one more time like <laughs> that sounds fun as hell it honestly. does sound fun as hell actually that is good. That's a wonderful excuse to go. I mean, you can wear your organ gear. I know, too. right? Everybody would welcome me. I'd be everyone like the one knows. time I could go to a foreign stadium and and everyone would be welcomed in in ducks gear. You know, that is great. I love it. Um, yeah. Hit the day. Anything else to say about this game before we bury it? Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of individual standout performances. I, I, I thought, uh, Jeffrey Bossa, you know, I already said, you know, Ted yeah. Johnson played the game of yep. his life. Uh, you know, I thought Jeff Bossa played uh, the best game of his career. I thought like just everybody's like, or- Oregon's getting stronger. You know, I, I said this on a, a podcast that I recorded yesterday that like, it's sort of remarkable looking around the conference where like, you know, because of Oregon's sort of focus on depth and experience, um, and, and sort of like rotating players like Iapani Lalaulu, who's the. The, um mm-hmm. the true freshmen they're rotating um at, at the guard spot like first of all that's planning for next year that's nice um and second of all like he's getting better like the entire offensive line is getting better each week they're getting better at, at run blocking they're only one point away from having a cumulative single digit rush blocking grade which is like that's the oregon standard that's what the you know the rose bowl teams etc they hit mm-hmm. um so like, and, and, you know, I could go on, you know, Justin Jacobs, who they got in the middle of the season, right? Playing great, you know, at linebacker, uh, Steve Stevens, you know, had his best yeah. game uh, as a duck. I mean, not perfect. I, I got some, I got a couple of problems. I got a couple of problems with everybody in this game. I always do. Um, but like, uh, you know, yeah, like, Camden Lewis missed that field goal. What the it, fuck? It, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not joking. What the fuck? 
I mean, that was a 53-yarder, wasn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, I kind of... I want a 53-yard field goal maker. Other teams have that. I I assume I'm never going to be like... He kicked one out of bounds. That's not not cool. No. He's got one job. Kick the the ball inbounds. Well, the inbounds thing, that is bullshit. But uh, if it's like we didn't necessarily have to go for the 53 yard field goal right i'm never gonna put that on camden lewis that he didn't kick it because i know who he is and he's not that guy i actually i really loved that decision because (laughs) i think because here's what i think is actually happening is that they're seeing that he gets into his own brain about this shit and that's what causes it so they're giving him an impossible task i agree go out there do it fail it's fine we don't care we at least get out of that mindset you know just go for it bud who gives a shit it'd be a career best if you got it congratulations (laughs) let me let me see this like each each week the run blocking you know i i know the worst the worst run blocking games of the season were against Portland state against which they put up 81 points and like had huge, like 51 yard touchdown runs. And that's because like, I actually grade offensive linemen. Like I don't like do, I I don't like reverse engineer stuff. I don't look at the box score and say, Oh, you know, few sacks and lots of rushing yards. The offensive line must've been doing a great job. I actually watch the film and grade the players and like, and here's the thing, the rush grades, like, and it's like the rush grades get better each week, you know, incrementally they get better because it's a function of time and time with one another as they gel. And that's right. First of all, why it's nice that they're doing the rotating thing, you know, and they're, they're getting like, you know, and it's nice that Nashad Struther, you know, is getting, you know, reps to towards the ends that's of games, right. you know, so that, you know, he's getting experience with this line in case, God forbid there's an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, the, 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 you know, gelling together is important for the offensive line that them playing better each week is not a function of how strong the opposing, the opponent's rush defense is right. Like Oregon had a better, you know, rush defense grades against Utah than they did against Wazoo. (laughs) Is that because Utah has a weaker rush defense than Wazoo does? No, it's because it was one week later, you know, Mm because time, time is the, you know, constraining factor. And like, this is the thing that, that I noticed sort of across the board. I was just using rush defense grades as as an example, because it's, you know, the most obvious one about like, you know, time being relevant, Oregon gets stronger over time because of its depth and because they're, they get lots of garbage time because they're blowing out opponents. And because the, you know, it's, uh, you know, they actually get a bunch of talented players and they give them lots of work and, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, lots, lots of garbage time work and, and lots of play with each other. They're able to rotate. They don't just have to play the, you know, the 22 starters all the way through to the whistle because they're like sweating every game, right? Like yeah. there's for, you know, for a bunch of, and be, they're able to rotate players, you know, to keep, other fresh you know the Oregon gets stronger every week you know and so a lot of you know ducks played their best game against cal is that a function of the opponent yes to to a degree but it's also a function of it being you know week 10 mm-hmm. and, and i expect in week 11 a lot of ducks are going to play their best game because it'll be week 11 you know and, and also when i look around the conference which we're about to do right like i see a lot of teams that started out strong and it's mm-hmm. like that you know, it's like that horse, the the drawing of the horse meme, right? Where like the front of the horse is this brilliant drawing and the back of the horse is a child stick figure. It's like Mm -hmm. Colorado looks weaker, right? You know, Washington state looks weaker, 
you know, Utah looks weaker. Oh, yeah. There's maybe one or two other teams that we're going to uh, I mean, Arizona about. State had a really strong showing against Southern Utah University. Sure. So, right. You know. There's maybe a team or two that might uh, get seen in Las Vegas that are like, maybe <laughs> that team isn't hmm. going to put up quite a strong performance. Um in Las Vegas hmm. as they did earlier in the year. You know, there's only really one team in the conference that gets stronger over time because, you know, they're not like the, the, the best game that we play is the opening week and every subsequent week is simply an injury risk. Yeah. And, and each injury that we take makes us weaker because we can only get weaker. Mm-hmm. Right. It isn't like, uh, oh, Jordan Birch is down. We no longer have any pass right. rush. It's like, actually, we even have, like, Mateo is right. on the sideline. Oh, man, I didn't even talk about the freshman really. defensive line. Oh, what a, what a, what a uh, brain yeah. hurt by, by me. Look at all the <laughs> freshmen on the defensive line. This was the, exactly. number, the number one, like, gut royally for me over the summer because I was talking about, like, look, Oregon made a choice not to go after a bunch of transfer. They got, I mean, they got one, Jordan Birch. But other than that, like, you know, they had top-level, you know, high experience, right? Birch and uh, Dorless and Funa. And then they had bottom-level freshmen, right? But then they're sandwiched in the middle you know it wasn't like a bunch of you know because they had a bunch of dudes leave or the defensive line you know the transfer portal right like the entire Mm -hmm. olb group right but they didn't go backfill that with you know with with transfers instead they just got a bigger freshman defensive line group of four stars and they decided to play him which i was like ooh, i don't know about this it's freshman on the defensive line i don't know and then they played him and they all turned out to be great Right, yeah, Matayo Uyangole, Blake Purchase, uh, Tatum Tuiati, uh, Marion Winston, yeah, Yeah. right, uh, uh, like all of them, all of them, they've all been playing and they've all been great, like, uh, uh, uh. You know, well, we haven't really seen Washington or Green that much except for in, in garbage time. But even they've been playing in garbage time. You know, it's like Oregon mm-hmm. wasn't afraid to play. You know, they they bet on, you know, rather than like some three star experience transfers to come in and backfill their like middle level of their defensive line, they bet on another layer of four star freshman defensive linemen and the bets paid off. It isn't like, and that's uh, why they're a team that gets stronger over time rather Mm -hmm. than a team that's getting weaker as they take injuries and, and the November stretch, you know, happens. Like if Latu was out for UCLA. Yeah, yeah, right. They'd be dead. They just, oh, wait. Oh, wait. They they are uh, dead. And, (laughs) and while he's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's Cal UCLA. Let's get into, what is getting into some very serious fucking Pac-12 football here. Oh, shit. And that is the picks. The picks. The picks. The picks. The picks. That is right. The great Pick'em Challenge is back in Quaction. Oh, Let's start here. So here's a team that I, uh, you know, at the end of the I'm season. I'm mad gonna... about this. <laughs> I'm mad about this. I think my pick of Colorado in this game was justified. And then they pulled the rug out from under me and they switched out Sean Lewis with that bum Shermer, who's a <laughs> washout. And they had to have him because of NCAA rules. They had to have him call the play down to Lewis and then utterly humiliate him like a ventriloquist dummy. They had to have him call in the plays of another man. Oh my God. 
So this is like this has got to be a pretty big thing you circle if you're like Deion Sanders ain't it at Colorado. I feel mm-hmm. like th- this decision to like demote the OC, oh, like over over what the results of like this year's Colorado team. It's like what's he gonna do? Pull an offensive line out of his ass? Yeah, the, uh, the idea and then, like, that this was Sean Lewis's fault. I'm yeah like i i should have i should have texted you adam be like hold on i don't like you shouldn't hold me to my colorado pick in that <laughs> that game I'm yeah mad. i'm sure i would have followed suit. No, 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 i absolutely i loved it but um it, that seems idiotic like the uh, the amount that deon sanders is just shitting on his offensive line being like oh these these i mean he's not wrong like he's not wrong about his offensive line you just don't you shouldn't say that out loud like you're gonna have ears and feelings (laughs) like you're gonna need some of them because as you've said a million times you can't actually just transfer five new o-line guys yeah, exactly and i mean maybe you could have an improvement over this year's squad but still it'll only be better to have some people tried and true on that line and, and it's so which is something he's making he already some... knows the dude who turned over the most roster in history yeah still retained two starters and like two other guys from last year's line like he was already aware that you can't 100 rely on the portal at the offensive line he already knew that yeah and with and with the sean lewis business it's like what do you gain from demoting him right now which like remember in my offseason <laughs> preview the only serious article to ever be published about colorado in the that <laughs> entire offseason which came from a duck website because there's only one grown-up in the media and all of college football uh the 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 was like discussing how sean lewis at kent state mm-hmm. you know produced you know offenses that were 50 ranks better than his talent rating and that he was like the best thing that colorado had going for him and then and, and then sanders cuts him off at the knees yeah on like Ooh. honestly uh, if sanders were to leave sean lewis would be a fantastic yes. person i agree jump right in there and now it's now that whole situation would yeah whatever so colorado <laughs> why is, on earth I would mean, he stick around wow. Dion, yeah oh it's insulting and he can go get a maybe better job than head coach of colorado <laughs> you know who ought to hire him you know who ought to hire him is georgia when uh uh first of all they yeah. ought to fire mike bobo the idea that anybody is employing mike bobo again <laughs> what is wrong with you georgia are they is, like put down the crack pipe like they lost Todd Munkin to the NFL and they went back to Mike Bobo. Like, are you okay? Sean Don't Lewis played Georgia. That was one of the games that I reviewed. I first of all reviewed it for the film study purposes for Oregon playing Georgia. And second of all, I, I looked up that film again because I was, you know, wanted to write a good preview article about Colorado. Cause uh, CF only grown up in the room uh the uh a uh, kent state kicked georgia's ass yeah sean they lewis was a good offensive mind like yeah. uh oh and you know who the quarterback was who kicked uh georgia's ass in that game colin schley another dude who chip <laughs> kelly is wasting at ucla yes 
we'll get into them. Don't worry. Right. Um, yeah, Deion Sanders is having some real Shakespearean, like Mad King vibes, yeah. like locked up For in his it. castle, being like howl, howl. Like, like kill all the ge- generals, you know, like kind of yeah. <laughs> feel vibe to him. His Cordelia and Regan are though. Oh yeah. My, uh, unfortunately my, my Shakespeare, my high school Shakespeare camp at Ashland, Oregon, uh, failing me right now. That's mm. right. Um, I was a pretty cool kid. So that's some top tier Shakespeare. <laughs> Colorado. You, you open the King Lear door and you, yeah, and then I fell right through it, right. clearly. Um, so Colorado took on Oregon State. And so all this shit we've been talking about Colorado. Oregon State goes to Boulder, and it is actually still a game, which you got to bring that up as another negative against Oregon State, where you're like, yes, you have a good record. Yes, you're ranked. But you should be handling some of these teams more than this. Like, this is too damn close. You need yeah. to be more dominant than I mean, this. Colorado should have won this game. I still stand by the pick. Like, well, I stand by my pick, which was Oregon State, which was the correct pick, right. which you traded me, Aaron, if you remember last week. Oh, did I? Is you that the one I traded? Because at one point, I had Colorado, you had Oregon State. I mean, what was the merchant of victory in this game? What was the merchant <laughs> oh, of victory in this game? Like one touchdown. Yeah, it was, it was dang. Yeah. It was twenty. It was to funny. nineteen. It, it was, it's insane. Yeah, it was a low scoring yeah. game. Oregon State couldn't run on Colorado. Let me repeat that. Oregon State couldn't <laughs> run on Colorado. That's <laughs> bad, man. Yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. Well, I'm uh, glad to yeah. be the cannon fodder in your chase towards Hithliday because you were you weren't behind by all that much. I'm I'm, I'm I was behind by two last right, week. Right, I'll let right, you know how Oh it shit. Out. Oh, it's getting uh, heated over there. So now this game. So yeah, both teams. You're just like, what the what the fuck is this? It would have been pretty funny if Colorado won one, but uh, Colorado versus. And it would have been just not funny. It would have been just. <laughs> I want to say this too. <gasps> I am excited. I'm gonna re-listen to our uh, before the season. We had a bunch of predictions. We predicted. Sure. I believe we predicted everyone's like over under in their season outcome. For Colorado, I was super low on. I'm like, I don't think they're going to get to three wins. And for a while, I was kind of sweating like, oh, okay, it looks like they're going to do better than that. But then people corrected, like overcorrected so hard. The amount of people where the conversation was just like, well, we know they're going to a bowl game, but can they get to nine wins? <laughs> it's like to assume this team was going to a bowl game was is still fucking nuts. And honestly, four wins is, I mean, a, my, is a good thing. That's num- a good positive I, I, thing. I was I was four to six. You know, yeah, that my, exactly. That was exactly. my range. And I was like, they were going to struggle to make a bowl because they're a mid-tier, it, you know, Pac-12 team. You did say they, the they'd likely. And, and that they were going to have injury problems because, yeah. you know, they, they just have barely enough, you know. Yeah. And it, it's kind of clearly happening. So right now we got Colorado versus what is, um uh, you know, a, one of the bigger surprises in the Pac-12, kind of how was competitive they're looking. Though? Well, I mean, everyone who's been watching to that podcast, <laughs> everyone who's been watching Jed's Arizona teams, you have to mention even in their, you know, like like their worst like year uh, being like, well, this team is fighting a lot harder 
then like look at this team like watch out for this team in the future uh arizona was a team on the rise but right now they are ranked number 25 they have been competitive against everybody even against like mississippi state who sucks but you know and they definitely want that I mean, game that was back. a four overtime game like yeah competitive yeah check that box it, it, it shouldn't you know like uh, and the refs ended that game you know yeah that's true. Like that was, uh, and it was in, a fourth down in in overtime, and they and just Jane Delora he like, didn't made it make it. Like, yeah, Jane Delora played that whole game through like three goddamn picks yeah, or whatever exactly. in a row. I sort of feel uh, like if Fafita played that game, that's a win. I mean, Fafita's been really Adam fun Green, to watch. If you're listening, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, so they're a program on the rise. Uh, it's very cool. They're ranked right now. You know, almost beat USC, almost beat Washington. Uh, one of the only teams with three losses. I mean, that's how ranked. you do. First, you lose big, then you lose close, then yeah. you start winning. Honestly, it, it is pretty impressive. Um, so now Colorado at home versus this rising Arizona team. Uh, anyone? Uh, I mean. Aaron, you can start, you can end, you can do whatever you want. You are pretty far behind in the yeah. <laughs> you want? Do you want my my take on this game? I, I figure Arizona is probably the better pick right now because Colorado seems like a hot fucking train wreck mess. A bit, yes. A yeah. Bit, yes. Uh, but do, are you going against the train? I mean, I'll t- I'll tell you now. I'm picking Arizona. I like no that's who Florida. I'm going to pick too. Yeah, that's probably a smart pick. Um. Hith, I I don't think you're high on this buff squad right now. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you're going I'm, with the I'm Wildcats. Just going on Colorado, yeah, no Wildcats. Even in a even in a phase of the game where we're trying to be like, well, I got to go against the the trend here because I'm trying to catch up. It's still like, no, you're Eric too close to you're too close to risk it with like. Oh on yeah, this one. Yeah, I do want the biscuit, but I'm Adam, not ready to risk it yet. Yeah, Adam, just between you and me. I'm actually going to try and figure out a way to rig my vote so it only enhances your chances mm. of catching it. Today. I don't quite know how that's possible. But I, I like, don't know either, but we'll figure it out. I like where your heart's at. <laughs> yeah. okay. Number five, Washington versus number 13, Utah. Again, I'm like power to you, Utah, but that 13 is a little bit fraudulent to me. Mm. However, uh, they did. They are coming off a huge fucking win. But it made me sad. I mean, it, huge in the sense of like it's the, the largest number. margin that they've ever had as a Pac-12 member. Like, yeah, not huge as in defeated a powerful opponent. No, they they de- this felt like the end of a war movie when, uh, uh you know, a squad kind of like three hundred or something like that, where you're like. Wow, these mighty warriors are like glory or something like that. These mighty warriors gave it all they got, but clearly this is the last of them. They are outnumbered. You know, this is uh, 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 the the two towers and Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and stuff. Ah. They're going to go on their final <laughs> march out there and they just get completely fucking wiped out. It's all slow motion. Willem Dafoe getting shot up shit. That's what ASU basically did. The weird thing was that ASU was like, they didn't, most of the game did not look like a wipeout. Like, yeah, they were moving the ball fairly well. They mm-hmm. were actually doing a decent job containing Utah. They, you know, the game was they were doing ASU close. shit. Yeah, the, the game yeah. was relatively close at halftime. It was just they couldn't punch it in a couple of times. 
Uh, and then like, and then just before the half, they had an opportunity and they sort of squandered it. And then it just, it just, that, that just like kept happening and kept happening. You know, it was just like Trent Borgay gets injured. And yeah. And then, yeah. And then the quarterback, their, their like quarterback situation just keeps getting more and more horrendous, which is like crazy because like, those, the one thing that I said of ASU in the off season was just like, well, at least they stacked up like five good looking quarterbacks. And then like, they all get hurt and they all suck. Or like, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, it's just like, how did this happen? Like that's you hedged your bets at this position more better than anybody else. And it still didn't matter. What the hell? You know, yeah. like, the, the, like did, yeah, like Cam Scadaboo is literally going to have to do every fucking thing. For I know if he game. comes in and, and starts playing quarterback and does that better than everybody else and, like, and starts, beats us. Yeah. If Cam Scadaboo beats us, I'm no he starts doing the Marcus Mariota thing and throws passes to himself. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it'll take. Uh, this was what was it like? Was this score like 55 to that's what it was at the end of the game and i know it looks like a wipeout it was it it just i'm telling you having i had to watch the game because oregon's gonna play asu in a week Mm -hmm. or two like uh or i was watching part portions of it i have to go and chart it later but like uh it's like i'm telling you it didn't look like a wipeout it looked like a like when they were playing it looked like a competitive game it's just like utah would score and asu wouldn't and then repeat that till the end of the game and that's how you have 55 to 3 Mm -hmm. It, it it didn't look like oh my god out all, all out blitzkrieg you know uh yeah well i i get what because i was listening to this on the radio actually for quite a bit for the second half i was walking around and um this i get what you mean but also this is like walking in and just seeing just like completely desolated body and being like oh no no it's not quite what it looks yeah. hold on a sec like this what it I love this ASU team. <laughs> no, I, I really explain. do. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah. Uh, I love ASU. It's just like they already were such a banged up team. And now we're late in the season. Well, and it's it's, it's just truly... the thing is like ASU has at a number of spots pieces to be, you know, it's not like we're talking about like the least talented team in the universe, you know, like some of these mm-hmm. like Wazoo teams over the years that yeah. was just like, this is a Mountain West team, you know, like they like actually Cal. have a yeah. lot of the pieces to be pretty competitive. It's just it tells you how much number one, their offensive line is trash um and it's getting worse like they just had a dude they were relying on just announce in the middle of the the week that he's gonna like no i'm gonna shut it down red shirt and transfer out (laughs) it's just like uh thanks dude like um yeah so like a a offensive line is central to your football team and b like not having all your quarterbacks get hurt also central to your football team like yeah it's just like it really i don't know what to tell you man like and utah hates asu well yeah there's that too so uh, they're ready like, to do yeah it just really tells you just how absolute like you can have uh, like everything else to be competitive but if you don't have an o-line and you have a hurt quarterback you're gonna get reamed like yeah. that's just the nature of football i'm sorry those are super important <sighs> positions i love the sun devils um yeah they got just just yeah no good but it you know we want utah to have all the confidence in the world because me oh, yeah. personally, hey, any Duck fan, go any route you want. I know a lot of Duck fans are like absolutely never root for the Huskies to win. Uh, I'm not 100% in that camp. Uh, that being said, I'm always down to watch a funny loss 
or to watch them lose <laughs> in general. Always down Funny for loss. not a bad day when the Washington Huskies lose. It would behoove us. We would rather, if we're, you know, talking about pure Oregon sense, it would be better for us to have just an undefeated Washington take on a one-loss Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. However, if we win every game, we're making it to the playoffs. That's all that really fucking matters. Number five, Washington at home against number 13, Utah. It's a weird one, Aaron. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Washington is the favorite here. They just took on USC, and the game was fucking nuts. It was it was a very – it was a good game if you like points. Both mm-hmm. teams had defenses that were unable to stop the other team, except wow. Washington – was able to stop them a couple of they times. got a couple of that stops at the end that's it those yeah, you know that was enough uh and it, it truly was like they got a turnover ztf got you know a pretty awesome turnover from caleb williams uh who caleb williams had to do everything wow. for their offense you know and um it was still back and forth except washington took advantage i mean washington did what they do which is like Took and took the risks uh, that they needed to at the right time. Got lucky at the right time. Has awesome receivers. Has an awesome quarterback in Michael Penix, and just outscored the other fucking team. Oh well, that's I, I about there's it. There's one other detail, which is that they their rushing attack for the first time yeah. ever. Like, you know, they they ran for you know a whole bunch of yards, including like a like uh like I think set an NCAA record for. <laughs> most yards prior to contact that's like, right 100, was it 199 i heard yeah, some, some bonkers wow like that, which is just Aaron. Like, which just indicates just how god awful usc's defense was right like, or right. contact 199 yards before someone touches, touches him yeah. and it's not because he's the greatest <laughs> running back behind hey, the Dylan greatest johnson <laughs> is not a bad running like i, I think Dylan bad. johnson deserves a lot of praise like it's just like yes there's a reason why that like he hadn't done that before and no one else in the history of college football on any yeah. other team you know in which there's been a million great running teams you know playing a million awful teams like has done that before and it's because of how like world historically terrible alex grinch's defense was yeah. and i use the past tense Yes, he got fired, Aaron. Finally, wow. the defensive coordinator from USC got fired. Who he's worked with Lincoln Riley for, you know, like years now over at Oklahoma too. He was the DC at Wazoo, had one really good season that set him up for a decade afterwards. It kind of felt Wow. Wow, but, wow, uh, wow. He's now been fired. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing for the game against Oregon? I mean, Hitler Day would argue literally if no one did his job, it would be better than <laughs> Alex Grinch doing his job. So if, I, but, uh, I've said, I think, on this podcast, if a border collie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Replied, we don't know if they've hired a border collie. out yet. the play signals and they're, they tried <laughs> to like divine how they should line up from how the border collie barked at them, that they yeah. would be doing a better job than whatever <laughs> Alex Grinch was telling them to do. I mean, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's what Washington is coming off. Of. I mean, it is like it, it is impressive what they are doing this season. Washington is doing their offense is doing anyways, and their defense is doing enough to make to have them at number five, you know, to have them in a playoff spot. 
as of right now, uh, eventually, if things work out. But um, so Washington, <laughs> Washington versus Utah. Utah, bad offense, good defense. Um, uh, number 13 seems a bit high, but Washington plays down to whoever they've been playing lately. So who do you got? Well, uh, Aaron, I'll let you know. I I think this game will probably be close. Um, but I think Washington will win. Yeah, that was obvious to me. I think Huskies all day. All well, day Huskies. Okay. If if I was someone, well, you know, it's gonna, interesting. It, it could, is interesting. It uh, could be that my vote is really kind of more emblematic of who's going to lose. Because that's kind of what I've been doing the best lately. Yeah. It's picking I, losers. So I I'm want, saying, so I'm going to tell you, this is how my vote can help you, Adam. I'm going to tell you, I'm going with the Huskies. Yeah. You do with that as you see fit, because I am not betting well this year. I don't think Utah. Oops. I know a lot of people, anyone basically can run against Washington. Mm -hmm. And usually Utah is a really good team to be able to be like, oh, you have this one weakness and it's it's running up the gut or something like that. You're like, OK, that's hey, that happens to be the thing we want to do most in this world. But right now, this is a team that is unique, a Utah team that is uniquely unable to take advantage of that as much as they would have in the past. So I, I think I'm going with Washington, but this is a pretty good upset to pick if you were going to be forced to pick an upset. Uh, Hithel Day, do you have the Utes taking on and taking down the Huskies? Did, in this did, one? Sorry, did you pick Washington? I went with yeah. Washington. Yeah, I also have Washington. I like. Yeah, there it is. I, I think... Yeah, this this just doesn't. I mean, Utah could pull this upset. They like, could. like I can. Uh, it would look similar to their upset over USC. Um, you know, it would involve them running the ball because I, I still don't really think that Washington has a good efficiency rush defense. Um, you know, and and Utah just short trying to like sit on the ball. You know, like like make it a a, a low possession, high variance game. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because like I I don't really think Washington has the ability to to stop that. It's just that they would sort of accept the challenge and try to pass out of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, and uh, the the uh, the other thing is that Utah is a very um, Utah is very good at not being flagged and very good at drawing flags. Mm. And Washington, unless they're playing Oregon and Seattle, uh, <laughs> it tends to get flagged a lot. So mm. the other thing that I think Utah, like the computer yells at me, um, is like uh, there will probably be a large penalty discrepancy in Utah's like penalty yardage discrepancy in Utah's favor um, for this game. Um, the uh, other than that, this isn't a great matchup for Utah. Um, mm -hmm. Like I think Utah's secondary uh, is suspect. And I think this offense really does a good job of picking apart suspect secondaries. Um I think the fact I think Utah's you know best strength is their rush defense, um, uh, but Washington doesn't care about running the ball. Last game, you know, accepted. Um, 
you know, that was just a, you know, th that was rushing of opportunity. It wasn't rushing yeah. of necessity. Um, the, the, you know, Utah does have a very good pass rush, but as I spent like an entire week and and more because of the bye week, uh, telling everybody about a good pass rush doesn't really matter against Washington because the the whole point of their structure and and Penix's strength is that like he gets the ball out to the 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 primary read, which is identified by pre snap motions uh, against. Uh, the secondary before the pass rush can arrive. So like I fully expect Jonah Ellis to destroy Washington's line, but it won't matter because the pass will yeah. already be out for 30 yards. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just don't think this is a good matchup for Utah. Like, and, and I expect Washington to win. And, and again, it's one of those things like I want, you know, why Washington winning would be better for us than than utah winning it's but also not in rice eccles that would be the other big advantage yeah. that utah would have but it's in seattle so yeah yeah but i mean asu also took it to washington <laughs> you know and if it weren't for some uh some refs this and purple true. and gold uh, maybe that'd be different let's get to the next one i just mean they they can't take advantage of the rice eccles uh, yeah. phenomenon which is where the usc game was played mm -hmm. true cal versus wazoo saturday 1 p.m espn 2 now cal is in a strange position where you know they they got a, a young quarterback mendoza who i i think is is good like i i think he's pretty it? promising i'd be pretty oh you got i'm mumbling to myself i'm sorry i can't remember now if the <laughs> usc utah game was played in utah or not uh usc yeah usc utah was in utah i do believe Yes. Now I can't. No, it was in USC, wasn't it? Huh. It was. Remember. It was in in LA. Huh. How about that? And then, yeah, I forgot. I yeah. remember because I remember there used to be a problem with Utah playing in LA. Yeah, yeah. It was the the home team always problem. won that that series. That's what was tickling my brain. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How about that? It, it's hard to tell when USC fans are so quiet. You know. Yeah, exactly. uh, so Saturday, <laughs> one p.m. ESPN two, Cal versus Wazoo. Wazoo is in the decline. Right. People have figured them out, and it is no fun. Well, uh, I, I thought it was fun. Actually, describes what's going on there, but yeah, something's going on. Well, you gotta be in the decline oh you mean it, that people have figured them out i guess yeah. i mean but uh they are definitely in the decline because they just lost to goddamn stanford um it was a very close game very low scoring like washington got a touchdown washington state got a touchdown and stanford seemingly could do nothing but then they scored once Mm -hmm. And then it was a game because no one scored for yeah. fucking ever again until they get a field goal. So yeah. get field goal. So a boring up. game. Uh, I mean, yeah, was, that game was played in the rain. <laughs> like it was all day in the rain. Like the yeah. entire thing was in the rain. And so like, I don't know. Wazoo had some problems, but like Wazoo has bigger problems than the rain. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. Like, can't like it was like, I, I, I like Okay, when when Wazoo played Oregon, like mm -hmm. they, you know, uh, Oregon was wrecking their line, and the only way that Wazoo was moving the ball was Cam Ward was pulling off magic tricks, right? Mm -hmm. And like their receivers would just like unconsciously catch anything that was mad, you know, anywhere in their direction. Well, number one, that's because any quarterback who plays, you know, Oregon just turns into harry houdini and so like <laughs> not having that uh you know phenomenon obtain you know was a big part of this but then the other thing is just like 
oh man i watched a good chunk of that game i don't know why because it's not like you know oregon's never going to play wazoo or stanford again they're not making bowls they ain't making the playoffs they're not going to they've already played them they're not going to be in the same conference i don't know why i was watching this game it was on at the same time as other games that were more you love stanford they're your I favorite don't know. team that's you're projecting now uh <laughs> the, but like, I mean, here's what I know it was because I had to do some weird video editing to get the tape in my library because um, the, the the Oregon game cut off the beginning of it. Anyway, the um, the it was just like every time it came to be the case that Cam Ward needed to. OK, it's time for a Cam Ward magic trick to move the ball down the field. It was like, oops, I fell down. Mm-hmm. oh i don't have my magic anymore and so like the thing that i was talking about with message boards beat math like you know where like that team's checked out like the coach mm. is gone the team's checked out like they're all hitting the portal they're all like they're done like they're done they're done stop picking them they're done for the end of the year like yeah like they're just yeah. done they're that, I mean, that's what that that game and and when i said math says wazoo should win message boards say stanford should win uh, i'm gonna go with math but if stanford wins this game that means that the message boards are right and you should never pick wazoo ever again and 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 you know the coach is gone the players are all gone yeah 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 i mean stanford gave it their all and it's kind of sad that it yeah, was, Stanford it, gave it their all. They got ten points against a team that's quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Stanford did win. That is fun. Uh, Cal, we know what happened to Cal last week, but Cal has again played like ridiculously good. T or sorry, has has played talented teams and has lost all of them, hmm. but has showed some promise, some more promise than in their I like Mendoza. Even. I mean, yeah, I shots. just do, yeah. And then Jay Knott, good running back. Um, yeah. And you can pick some other stuff you like on these teams, but uh, I mean, on that team, but they're not a great team. Um, I don't know if I'd say they're trending upwards, maybe laterally. Uh, Cal versus Wazoo. I mean, according I mean, to this game is Pitt, absolutely necessary for Cal to make a bowl. Yes, like, I, I, uh, Cal is more motivated, they, and, and actually for Wazoo, it's oh, it's up there too. I mean, because Cal, Cal's game. got this game, and they if they beat if they beat Wazoo and they beat Stanford, I believe they qualify for a bowl because I think yeah. they're sitting on four wins, right? I but um, actually, I'm not sure about that. I'll look that up right now. Um, Wazoo's kind of sit in the same situation where because they play Cal, then no, they no, play they're Colorado. On three wins. They need to win all three. They're yeah. final games oh, wow. they gotta win this they gotta beat stanford and what's their other last um one? uh ucla right oh that's a winnable game too oh shit man oh man i might become a cal fan for these last three games might as well if they get to a bowl game that's that's only and they've extend got like wilcox. a new quarterback <laughs> of the future yeah extend wilcox exactly i mean and fire chip kelly we'll get into ucla but <laughs> yeah. wazoo oh my uh, god if they beat UCLA in their final game in the Pac-12. Exactly. For for Justin Wilcox to finally make a bowl and to send Chip Kelly to the shadow zone. Like, yeah, well, oh, no worries. Yes. Uh, yes. UCLA will have to rely on their quarterback who will be... Um, and UCLA <laughs> has to pay them alimony to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so- the sicko at the window. Yes. Yes. There we go. We got a new narrative for uh for Hippo Day here. Um, yeah. So Cal- Wazoo is also so they're four and five. They need 
two wins. So theoretically, this is one they have to win because at the end of the year, we'll get the Apple Cup. They're they're not beating Washington. It'd be awesome if they did. They're not. So what are, uh, so we're Cal Zoo hypothesizing. Oh yeah, if it, so, oh, well, yeah. Cal and Col- so they got to beat Cal They got to beat Cal and Colorado. Okay, so yeah. So theoretically, both these teams need this bad. Um, oh, me, but, yeah, but I'm going Cal. I I think for kind of the reasons Hithaday said, like I I I don't get good vibes off Wazoo anymore. Yeah. Um, but Wazoo could totally win. Oh, they totally could. I think the line is uh, 1.5 for Cal. And given wow. that they're at home, that means that mm. the that Vegas thinks that Wazoo is a slightly better team. Hmm. It, like on a neutral field would be a, a slightly better team. Like I said, well, I and oh, here's Cal's the, got the, the Cal's other got thing. the energy of like if if you had like a wild animal in a cage and you had like food right out of it and you yanked it away over and over and over and over and yeah. over again, and then now you're being like, okay, let's open the cage. That energy of just like, ah, like I, I feel like we'll take them over. Here's another data point that I should throw out about the Wazoo Stanford game. So uh, my friend Parker, um, uh, Parker Fleming, uh, Stats O'War. He, he writes about TCU, which is Frogs O'War. So he's mm-hmm. Stats O'War. Um, one of the many great uh, things he produces every uh, week on, on his Twitter feed is the uh, the, the 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 net. Uh, like basically it's success rate he actually doesn't use success rate he's epa over zero um but whatever it's basically like should you have won this game or not mm-hmm. um and like you know oregon the last two weeks has been like the champ you know like on a per play basis they absolutely murdered utah and they absolutely murdered cal um uh wazoo in this game against stanford should have beat stanford they were actually the third worst in terms of like on a per play basis they outplayed stanford and still lost (laughs) yeah yeah i believe it uh that being said aaron you going with uh wazoo is that it (laughs) no i'm gonna go with cal all right makes sense and hith who you got no cal Oof, we're boring this week. Let's get on. I'll, to the next I'll one. do the same thing as I did with you. I'm still sticking with my USC's losing out pick, even though I, you know, uh, nice I, the the Cal game uh, was the reality interceded. Um, even though I should have had that win. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I now assert another one, which is Cal's winning out. Uh, yeah. Bowl game Cal would be very fun. Yeah. And well, even though in the offseason, I was making fun of Rob for retaining just Wilcox and then in year 70, still not going to a bowl. I now predict that Cal is going to a bowl simply because I want to see it. Uh, and therefore, you should get seven more years of Wilcox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> seven more. It's like breaking a mirror. You get seven more years of Wilcox. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that means uh, that means him uh, having to, uh, uh, to, to win this game uh, against Wazoo. Um, but also it means uh, uh, beating Stanford uh, shouldn't be too tough uh, and beating UCLA, which, oh man, I'm just going to be so, I'm going to be delighted when that happens. That would be great. That would be great. Now here we've got, historically, I know this has been a one-sided battle between beavers and trees, but in this one, I'm expecting it. We talked about both of these teams and who they played already. Um, Oregon State has had a, a recent history of, yeah, winning you the games they should, but by not too much. And also, they're one of their biggest losses is against fucking Wasu, so that says something. But 
this one just right away. I, I think it's going to be a similar situation. I think it's going to be a close game because hmm. Stanford is trying. Uh, but I think Oregon Stanford State is, win. is trying. They are trying. You should have a T-shirt made up that says that. Adam. Stanford tries. As- yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were trying against Sac State. Didn't work out for them. But uh, <laughs> I'm going with Oregon State in this one. Yeah. They're obviously favored. Uh, I what the I don't know what the money line is though. I could imagine taking Stanford. It, it's the, the biggest spread, spread of the weekend in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's. I would take. I don't know what it is. It's twenty-one points. Oh yeah, I would take Stanford, and I'd feel pretty happy about it. Uh, Stanford was like, uh, I think Wazoo was favored by thirteen points against Stanford last wow. week, and uh, they didn't even score thirteen points. So, um, yeah, I'm going with Oregon State. I don't got much to say about it really. How about you? Aaron, same ditto. Give me what you're having. Who boy, yeah. Uh, Hith, yeah. Give me Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I yeah. like you. I, I would take Stanford to cover the points because I, I, mm-hmm. I think Oregon State's you know a bit of a fraud, and Stanford is trying. It's a new slogan to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, uh, yeah. There's. I mean, Stanford tried their hardest and they scored 10 points against a Wazoo team that had quit. So, yeah. Well, that's that's one way to put it. Or you could say Stanford tried their hardest and they won. Uh, Well, also, this game is at at Reeser, the Potato Salad Palace, uh, where Oregon State is apparently invincible. Most most Stanford uh, alum have never tasted potato salad even that's so, true yeah they have no idea what they, maybe they've had like niswa salad though and that has potatoes in it yeah they, then they would get like oh yeah okay, or like bouillabaisse. base i can see that i've had that vichyswa i'm fancy mm-hmm. i don't know what that is now you're out of my language um ucla it? versus asu saturday 6 p.m pack 12 you know i love the sun devils legit love them they are probably my favorite big 12 team now uh, in I mean, before the Pac-12 teams got there, I had zero Big 12 teams I gave a shit about. But uh, who was my favorite? Uh, I'm going to take a little time to think about right now. Who was my favorite Big 12 team before? Maybe like Kansas State, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, UCLA. That time. <laughs> yeah. Good podcasting. <laughs> At the end of a long podcast. UCLA sure. versus ASU. There's no goddamn reason in the world UCLA should lose this game. But I'm working on a new theory of mine, which is I think Chip Kelly, whatever you think of Mark Helfrich, I think Chip Kelly is that, but he's an asshole. (laughs) That is my new theory. And that he's just been luckier than Mark Helfrich career-wise. Though right now, Mark Helfrich is having a great time commenting on games. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. Who's He's, to argue whose career is better? I, I, I mean, I, I like I, I, I like Mark Helfrich when he's commenting on games like he he dumps yeah. knowledge. He's not like, yeah, he's not like a natural at it. Like he keeps tripping over his tongue. It's funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe he reminds me of myself. Like they're they're both offensive gurus. Yeah. You know. Uh, one's an asshole, and the other one is a dude who legit loved the Ducks. Has always loved the Ducks. Also, Mark Elfridge's taste in music is that if you ever listen to interviews of him, like he'll run down like the music that he listened to. You know, when he was coming out, it was like Raheem B, and like yeah, it's awesome. 
Yeah, he's cool. I don't know. I I like Mark Elfridge Carter. I mean, he's he's not. Both of them weren't very good at managing a roster. True. Both mm-hmm. of them hate recruiting. Mm-hmm. Both of them Who went to a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference? Mark, what is the difference besides one's an asshole and one's not? Mark, Mark <laughs> Elfridge won a playoff game. Uh, yeah, Chip Mark Elfridge won a playoff game. How many did Chip Kelly win? Zero. Chip Kelly's never won a con- uh, conference championship game either. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Like for real, show me the difference between these two. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and and like this this specific UCLA team is just this deep into how long Chip Kelly has been there. It's just horrendously managed. Uh, and and the good stuff they have seems to just be luck that they have it even. And he may actively may be making good players worse by hmm. having them on his team um and he doesn't care about any of it that's where i'm at that being said they should beat asu even though oh, ASU man. i was really hoping i was gonna get up a point on you damn yeah i mean asu has heart of gold and i love them they're not gonna win this game though with the injury the quarter man adam i think mm. we're gonna pick every I know I don't want it like I mean I could pick USC to win I don't know but uh that's I I want so desperately to choose an underdog because I need to catch up to Hitler Bay but UCLA's winning this game I mean Aaron you got nothing to lose if you want to have some fun ASU could be a good (laughs) one in this one this would be my game of the season if ASU Uh, beat UCLA I mean if it's so fucking funny if it's all just throw away, I'll just stick with UCLA. Why not? Oh. <laughs> Day, do you have some guts or are you going with UCLA? No, I'm going with UCLA. I just think oh. like their pass rush, like that's the, the, the quarterback situation plus the offensive line situation at uh, at ASU like is the reason that they're losing games. And the yeah. one thing about UCLA that I actually trust and when yep. I say one thing, I literally mean there's one thing like that. Yep. It is their pass rush. And it's just like, oh, man, they have one key in the key ring and ASU's got like one lock. And yeah. like these, it's like, man, ASU's got one lock in a fucked up door <laughs> in a window that's been kicked in. Yeah. Like that is literally what's happening right now. Uh, I love you, Sun Devils, you bastards. But. You ain't winning this one. I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. And the last one. Mm. I mean, if I wanted to pick, this would be, if it wasn't the Oregon Ducks. That's right, number six. If it wasn't the Oregon Ducks, this would be a decent one to be like, if you're looking for an upset, USC's got talent. USC just got rid of their DC, which may actually be, it's not going to improve their defense that much, but they made a change. I don't know. That could be something. There could be some fresh ideas happening. Um, and USC has a, a truly elite, elite quarterback that has to run around and do everything and is bound to make mistakes because there's just too much shit on his shoulders. Uh, I personally think like an argument could be made that Oregon's rece- receivers are better I mean, they're in a better situation being on Oregon's team than USC's team, but uh, they got USC got a little too much hype on how much uh, talent they have on offense because it, it matters less when your O line isn't, mm-hmm. you know, cutting the mustard. 
Oregon should win. Oregon's a better team. It'll be soul crushing if they lose. I don't want to fall behind by choosing USC and then having Oregon win. That would make me sad. So I'm going with Oregon. Going with the home dogs. What about Ditto. you? Ditto. Ditto. They're not home dogs. They're home favorites. Home favorites. That's right. I just they're my dogs. What I, I mean. Uh, Hith, who do you got? Uh, give me the ducks. Yeah, I give you the ducks. Winning cover. God damn, this is. I know we I, picked the same the, the whole slate, didn't we? All three of us picked all the same. Didn't oh, could not did? be oh, worse. Boy. Yeah, I know. Could not be worse for radio. Uh, like I want to change I one, but I don't. Like picks are really obvious this week. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting for next week for some upset. Like eleven the and twelve. One, like the here are the here are the Vegas spreads. Uh, it's it's ten and a half for uh, Arizona. It's nine and a half for Washington. It's uh, twenty one for Oregon State. It's seventeen for UCLA. It's fourteen point five for Oregon. The only Ooh. spread that's not double digits. Uh, or close to with Washington uh, is Cal at 1.5. And and we all just finished saying that, like, we all think that Wazoo's done and Vegas is like, you know, is just sort of looking at the math and not taking that into account. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that could be one where it's like if I had to train change, it's like, well, I could change see, it. I could see Wazoo do it. But I that requires me having this much faith in Wazoo and this mm. late in the season. And I'll show you why. I'm not willing to do it because this is where we were last week. Yeah, two behind Hithliday. Look at that. Good for you. Aaron is nine behind there. me. We'll just say that. Not having a good time. After last week, drum roll, please. Here we are. Still two points. I behind. got four. Hithliday got four. I was pissed because we we did choose pretty differently. Uh-huh. It, it happened. It worked out well. <laughs> I really, I was so close. I was so damn close. Aaron got two. That's great. fucking funny. So I I'm still love that. just two behind here today. <laughs> It'll stay that way more. So when likely. I choose it, well, I, I, these last couple of weeks, when I choose, you know, like I am going to have to make some decisions of like, okay, this is where I'm going with the underdog or whatever, or with, who I think hit the yeah. is not picking, but yeah. this is not the week for it. This is not the week for it. So that was the great pick'em challenge. Fantastic show we've had so far. Time to end it the way we do every week, which is of course our super specific predictions. Hitley, if you want to just keep rolling with Cal, Cal's making a bowl game. That's that's big enough from me. I mean, that's that's crazy idea. Mm, uh, anything about this game that you you like? Uh, I will, uh, like, uh, uh, for the USC Oregon game, yeah. uh, uh, I will predict that, uh, Oregon has more, uh, more interceptions than passing touchdowns. Hmm. Whoa. That wait, Oregon, Oregon has... intercepts. Uh, yeah, USC right. more often than they throw passing touchdowns. I think Oregon's going to run for a lot of touchdowns, and I think they're going to pick off USC. That's that's a pretty solid one. I get well, that exactly. kind of changes or, my or, prediction. And, and tie goes to me. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. What about that you, goes against? Yeah, that goes against my prediction, which was uh, they were going to mention uh, Bo Nix's stepbrother. Um, adopted stepbrother, they're gonna mention it like five times, but 
he would have to be passing to him for that to happen. So I mean, no, I think they're going to pass a lot. It's just they're, they're they'll punch. Oh, okay, yeah, front. yeah, yeah, yeah. They will, they will, they will bring up the adopted stepbrother. <laughs> it's it's very uh, funny that the commentators five times. they feel like if they just say, "Oh, that's his brother," that right. viewers at home are going to be like, "He's oh, black, and he's white." I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And they'll just like to, to so much hate mail to ESPN. Yeah, but yeah, like and that. they also nail on it because it's like, isn't that just beautiful? Isn't, isn't it beautiful? beautiful? Like, oh, it's God. like I, I guess it is. You could just say brother. You, yeah. really could. you could also just not bring it up. You could just say the dude's name. Well, he doesn't need a qualifier. Gotta say something. They're they're horrified to say the Polynesian name, so they gotta bring that up so they don't have time oh. to say those. Oh. Um my super specific one for this is well the lowest amount of points that USC has scored this season is 20 against Notre Dame ladies and gentlemen I think we will hold them to under that this will be the lowest scoring game of USC's season even after Caleb Williams quits on his team after the Oregon loss mind you so I think we're doing under 20 points Whatever that may be. Six. Under 20 points. Six, why not? Under 20. Well, that's been the Quack 12 Podcast. At Quack 12 Podcast on Twitter. At Hithloday1. H-Y-T-H-L-O-D-A-Y. Number one on Twitter as well. Addicted to Quack is the website you should be going to. Subscribe to It Never Rains on this podcast. And subscribe to us if you haven't by now, obviously. Watch us on YouTube. We'll see y'all next week. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Bye.